Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. Sorry about last week. The week kind of got away from me, and after building up such a huge amount of podcasts where I was just so organized, the weekend kind of snuck up on me, and uh, so I never got a podcast up last week, uh, so I, I really apologize about that. Um, we do have an amazing episode to make up for it this week, though, with uh, Tony Cantwell, Irish comedian, kind of blowing up online, and I, I've never met him, and uh you know, just kind of been watching his career grow online and just seeing different people sort of getting excited about him. So I used a, a podcast invitation to to get to know him. And I have to say, lovely guy, super funny. And uh, it's very much just a getting to know Tony chat. But uh, I think for our Irish listeners, it's going to be quite exciting because, uh, you know, you probably know who he is. Uh, for our non-Irish listeners, it's still super funny. We talk about... Uh, we, we talk a bit about online content and sort of that whole world of stand-up versus uh, online stuff and uh, talk a little bit about Tony having a kid. Uh, we have a, fa- a really funny chat about getting married and uh, voiceover work. It's just a fun kind of two comics chatting. It doesn't really have a theme. Um, and I really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed getting to know him. So enjoy the episode. Uh, don't forget, leave five stars on iTunes uh, hit me up on Instagram at Des Bishop, patreon.com forward slash Des Bishop. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Month of May, still going strong. Um, so other than that, we will be back at the end of the episode to say goodbye. Enjoy Tony Cantwell. By the way, is it okay if we just start? Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, just because uh, you have a, uh, I've, I've noticed this from watching your videos, but I'm really noticing it now just by by the virtue of looking at you and your sort of recording uh, situation. You have a natural kind of radio slash voiceover voice. Thank you very much. I've, uh, it's been actually good for voiceovers. Um, do you do voiceovers? Do you get the odd voiceover? You know, over the years, I, I was in for them, but in Ireland, I think the problem was when I, I did a few, I did one for Nivea for Men. Oh, nice. Nivea for men aftershave bomb for men who dare to care, uh, which actually oh, used, to pl- it used to play in Lansdowne Road like at halftime of rugby matches. Oh, nice. But it wasn't like Des Bishop promotes Nivea, but it might as well have been because yeah. <laughs> just you like- can't keep your anonymity with that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I it is. And also, as you know from doing voiceovers, it's a business very much of your, your own natural voice. So my mm. natural voice is a New Yorker. So I was never, it was always going to have to be, we need an American. So I didn't do a lot. Can can you not do those? Like, you know, those, do you ever hear on Irish radio? It's like FM 104. And it's like, who's this American guy? Why do we, why are we so obsessed with getting the American dude to like, you know, classic FM. Like, who's this guy? (laughs) (laughs) It's all work. 
It would have been you. <laughs> it was. It was never me, honestly. And should have been. Uh, there, 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 there was, there was one guy very recently. Actually, I feel like a Liberty Mutual commercials or something. Right. Yeah. And I kept getting accused of being the Liberty Mutual guy or whatever, whatever company it was. I can't remember. But it wasn't me. And I was like, why do people keep saying that? And then I heard it and I was like, holy shit, that's me. <laughs> Literally, I don't know if maybe the guy was doing like a me impersonation. Yeah. Um, so it's fun, you- though. It's fun doing the voiceovers. I, I, I like, uh, I, I've got a couple on at the moment. At the moment, I'm, I'm a talking pint of smithics. Uh, I am a, 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 na- a, a, a genie that comes out from a nasal spray. Uh, called Ottravini, the nose genie. And my line in that was, your nose called me for help. <laughs> and then this genie just comes out of a nasal are they, are they all, they're all okay with you talking about it? Like there's no... Um, oh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's... You know? No, 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 I'm just curious because it, like, it's, 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 it's funny, but I wonder, are you supposed to, uh, are you, are you, are you supposed to keep that sort of like... I don't the, know, you know, the, the magic of... A couple of things at the moment. <laughs> we talk about it, but I might be an upcoming slice of bread in a, in a commercial, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's great, but it, it's, auto, it's, it's noticeable because, you know, uh, my, my sort of former podcast partner who's now too busy because he's in bloody the Trinity, he's in the Trinity Access program. He also oh, has well. a great natural voice. I mean, some people just have it. There's nothing you can do. You either you're born with it or you don't. I, I I found definitely that my voice has allowed me because because of because I transitioned from like just doing videos, having done no real live performances. When I started doing live performances, I found people would tolerate me. Like I did this Gong show uh, that was in in London. Like um, I don't know if it's called the Comedy Store, or Comedy Store, not the Comedy Store. Could be the comedy store in London, but they had this gong show and they let people up. And I actually got away with doing like two minutes before anyone even laughed because I think people were waiting. They assumed that there was a presence here that I was getting somewhere, and then when they realized I was getting nowhere, the gong and I was. Oh, gone. you got you got you got gonged. Yeah, I think oh, that's I got, Monday. Oh, is that like back. Monday nights in the comedy store or something? That gong. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, but like I went with a friend of mine. And he got like fifteen seconds. You know, and. uh and I think like when you have, I think having a voice that people are like, hmm, and then they're like, actually, no, not funny. <laughs> but they give yeah. you a bit more, give you a bit more time. You're like, uh, you were like the headspace guy to them for a while. They were just happy yeah. to relax. Yeah, exactly. Let's yeah. begin in the usual way. So, uh, yeah, well, actually, it's funny. I feel like the need for a gong show is kind of gone. Like, I feel like the whole concept of a gong show was for people that would go on to be trolls. <laughs> Before yeah. before you could be a troll, you would not have the balls to do comedy. You would yeah. then go to a gong show where you could just like a, an acceptable heckling show where you could just be horrific at exactly. people who are doing what you want to do. And and now you can just be an egg on Twitter <laughs> and be an anti-Semite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rather than <laughs> just a floating egg. It's like, I know you're not an egg, bro. Why are you saying that? <laughs> yeah. to me? Yeah. And I know that you're running at six or seven of these accounts. Yeah, totally. Uh, um, so actually, so because I, I, to, to be honest, how I got to know about you was mm. some of my own fans, like younger fans were like, do you know Tony Cantwell? And I, I, I hadn't been aware of you up to then. And, uh, you know, then I, I, I checked out, you know, the stuff that you're doing online and you're, 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 you're very much, you're kind of killing it in the, in the sort of online content game. Yeah, well, it's 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 fun. It was it was a thing where like I when I started putting videos out online, like I really I really wasn't expect. It was when I'd kind of given up doing comedy. I tried to do comedy in London for a while, and I and I found myself 
just getting in my own way. You know, you just kind of feel like, what's my thing? And, you know, the, the, the kind of people go out and they're like, oh, I know what you're thinking, you know, um, like it wouldn't work for me. But a guy was like, I know what you're thinking, Pakistani Jeff Goldblum. But he looked like a Pakistani Jeff Goldblum. You know what I mean? But I didn't really have <laughs> that thing. So yeah. I would be like making all these weird kind of Irish jokes that weren't really true to myself. Uh, and I wasn't really getting anywhere with it. So I kind of gave up on comedy. And then it was only just putting videos out. It was like, I just want to put things out that I think will just be disposable. You know, they'll just disappear off people's feed really quick on Instagram. Um, and it's it just, you know, when you look back, it's like when you really just take the pressure off yourself, you can actually get, you can actually tap into what you'd find funny. And that's what I was finding funny. And then I just haven't really, well, I haven't kept the same pace, but I haven't really stopped since then, about eight years ago. Yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, the, the the journey is the same in the sense that it just takes time, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's funny how you felt less pressure uh, with the videos and you were able to find your voice that way. I mean, I do think that's one of the wonders of content because obviously some of the comics are very negative. They're like, oh, he's just a fucking content guy. And they're very dismissive of it. But it's like, but this is another way to be funny. And it's totally fine if that's where you find your voice. What I find really interesting about it as well is like, um, like, what what I what I found a bit difficult kind of transitioning into doing live stuff, and I've had it with other people who do, you know, Instagram or Facebook, you know, videos is that you know the, the kind of the jokes kind of come hard and fast in a video, and you, you're not you're, you're not accounting for you're not really accounting for anyone to um to you're not counting for the rhythm of the laughs. You're kind of counting just throw everything at it. Yeah. And some people will find this bit funny, and some people will find this bit funny. You know, it's not about and kind thank of thank you layering. for professionally ignoring my dog barking there. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, he, he, he's a, he's a very old dog that barks at uh, passersby. It's his only it's his only joy. Oh but, yeah, my yeah. I, but, you, but, but the rhythm the rhythm is different. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, but at the same time, it's he'll stop in a sec. But at the same time, isn't it great that you did want to do live performance? And sure. Yeah. Being able to find your voice online has has brought you back to that. Even though I'm I don't know was that your end game or not. Well, I, I've kind of always wanted to, I've always, I think it's kind of why I love the Eurovision so much, because it's like the perfect for like a child of divorce like myself. It's been a look at how big of a spotlight <laughs> this person has, you know, and um, and I just always, I kind of always was 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 chasing that and wanted to do kind of live live gigs. And I was always like cracking, you know, cracking jokes in school and that sort of thing. But uh, it was kind of, it was just kind of more so, I wasn't even considering going back to it. But then when you kind of, and I used to hate myself, not hate myself, but to be down on myself for kind of like, quote unquote, skipping the queue, you know, like not yes. doing the whole having the five minutes to then having that perfect and then having the 10, the 15 and then 40 minutes. If it even gets to that really in Ireland, which really it's like 20 minutes and you have a you know a couple of good 20 minutes and then you kind of go around to different places. You know, they know you, they know you in Cork, they know you in Galway. And I didn't, I didn't you know, have that. But I, what I did have was the audience who were, would come see me. So it's kind of like, you know, I'm maybe not honing the skills in the same way, but I do get to then skip it and give people what I find funny, what they find funny, you know? Yeah, but I just find that the the business has evolved. Yeah. And, you know, this concept of skipping the queue, first of all, I feel like it's classic sort of Catholic guilt, you know, like some nonsensical shame that you would like, like, I'm sorry for being successful. Like, I'm yeah. sorry that it turns out that I nailed the the content game and now people want to see me. But also, like, the industry has just changed. This is one of the ways to get your audience. You know, do you end up missing out on some 
you know, live performance development? Probably yes. But then on the flip side, do you gain, uh, you know, some sort of like multimedia skills that the uh, comedian that came up through the ranks will never have? You know, like it's it's just yeah. it's a different skill set. And I've definitely noticed. I've definitely noticed. I mean, there's comedians I was seeing every week. You know, uh, you know, in like pubs and in comedy clubs in Dublin, and I. I mean, I haven't, you know, you know, and just, yeah, you know, when you kind of forget that there's people on social media and you haven't seen them in a while, you know, and it's just, it's just been, it's just been such a, I just haven't heard from them. I haven't heard from so many kind of comedians and I have no idea what, what other kind of comedians are doing at the moment who don't kind of have, you know, the, the outlet of a, of a kind well, of, well, it didn't space. suit the live performers, right? I mean, it didn't suit me, but that's fine. I was happy to take some time off. I've been doing it a long time, but yeah, the, the people that, that their output is live performance. Obviously it didn't suit them. I mean, I was actually going to, I was going to ask you this anyway, like mm. do you feel that the pandemic kind of suited you to be able to sort of grow what you do, or you still would have been better off to be able to continue doing live stuff as well as what you're doing. I mean, it probably would have, I mean, I was hoping by, I was literally just talking to, to my, to my agent about this. And I was, he was kind of saying that by September, you should have had three Edinburgh's under your belt, you know, and I have one Edinburgh under my belt and then the other one was canceled and then this is likely not going to be happening, you know? So the kind of trajectory of, you know, potentially doing, you know, I really want to do Vicar Street, you know? And I remember actually uh, like potentially being booked for Vicar Street and, you know, uh, Bren, who's very sound in, in you know, in, in, in Aiken, he was kind of like, look, I'm, you know, I think, you know, you, you have a talent there, but I think if you wait a while and you kind of hone it, I really think you'll have a really strong Vicar Street if you kind of wait and, and, and come back. You know, and uh, so I was kind of hoping to do like three Edinburgh's and then have a really strong kind of feel fairly bulletproof and do Vicar Street as a kind of like a big, big show, you know. Um, so there's, there's elements of that. But what it's meant, like I had, I had a, a baby in uh, in May of last year. You did. Well, um, congratulations. And uh, what's. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So he's like one. Um, yeah, like coming up to one in the next couple of weeks. So it was kind of like when the gigs were getting canceled, I was like, I need to have something coming in. I need to figure out what, what it is. And in setting up like a, a Patreon and doing an extra podcast every single week, you know, I have for the first time ever a regular income, like more regular than I ever had doing the kind of live gigs, you know? Um, so it, it did suit me because I was able to do that and able to figure out how to edit the podcast and get them all out and get that content out. Um, so it did, it did suit me, but in terms of the kind of like improving my talent, um, yeah, kind of. But yeah, yeah I mean, financially, yeah. it was financially it did kind of bounce out. Yeah, yeah, because I, I noticed that, like Joanne McNally and a few other people that were just about to pop, which I put you in that category of oh, kind you. of, you know, just breaking out, people knowing who you are. It was unfortunate timing, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it, but it's 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 also really interesting because there's been so much more people kind of doing the the content stuff and doing the the, the live video or the online videos. So it's kind of like now. I mean, it's it's like Ireland's comedy is it just seems to be online. I mean, there's so many incredibly talented people like mm. Sean Burke and you know Justine Stafford and Michael yeah. Fry and these guys. There's this other you know, kid I saw the other day, Shane Shane Smith or something. Or he was he was doing a call with as if it was like Mary talking to somebody oh, on the phone. Burn, yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Dan funny. Burn, he, he's brilliant. Um, and there's some like and it's it's also so it's um it's just so. It kind of it's not necessarily competitive because what would we ever be fighting over? <laughs> it's comedy in Ireland. It's online comedy in Ireland. It's not like there's like a resource that we're all fighting for, you know. And yes. obviously, aren't necessarily, you know. But um, 
So there's definitely no comp- no direct competition or hate or anything like that. But it's also like, oh, wow, everyone's really stepped the level up into online mm. sketches. And so it really makes you feel like this is not just some like, oh, I'll just, you know, shoot something in, you know, in my bathroom like I used to do, <laughs> you know, and just put it out there. It's re- it's really made me feel to kind of step up that that, that level of comedy. Yeah, yeah, which I, I, I have to say that uh... – you know, I think a lot of people think it's easy. <laughs> you know, mm. I think a lot of people are dismissive of somebody who blows up online. And like for myself, like the every now and then I get a, a, a like a burst of energy to do a bit of online shit. And you know, one or two are good, but very quickly I'm like over it. <laughs> like I find it very <laughs> yeah, difficult. Yeah. It's a lot of work and it's like yeah. it's nonstop. It's really much more like having a full-time job than my stand-up career ever was. And yeah. I think that that needs to get out there a bit more that this is not fucking easy. Online content is a pain in the hole. It's but it 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 gets a bit easier if you kind of view it like like this is just a daily blog post and it's going to be gone forever. And if it comes back and if people like it again and reference it again and if it blows up or if it doesn't necessarily perform well, but you just kind of have to, which is something I haven't necessarily been doing recently, has been consistent with it. But the people that are consistent with it, just they get out of their way and the fog is gone and then they create some some real magic, you know? It's just like yeah. that necessity to have to get it out is what is what makes and, gold. And, and I guess the good news is, unless you do something uh, inappropriate or cancelable, yeah. that... A, a dud doesn't hurt like uh like dying on stage like like no. a, like a dud vid is just a dud vid yeah it's not it is. like the hazard is low the hazard is very low the the only thing is that you're kind of i mean i used to think like okay we have like a, a finite amount of jokes <laughs> and we need to spread them out across our lifetime and obviously that's not true you, you know you, yeah. you're you're a, you're a, you have a child <laughs> you, have a, you child. have a child and you have a new half an hour just like that <laughs> i know that's how I, I i sold it to my wife you know like please i'm running on empty here um, but like so when you kind of have a, a sketch and it's out and like you haven't got paid for it you know you haven't this is not part of like a live show it's not part of like an audiobook or your your life story or anything like that that's a sketch that's it's kind of gone. It's an idea. It's not, it's not a movie you can now, well, maybe you can make, but like, you know what I mean? So it's, I think that's with the comedians. A lot of time they're like, Oh no, this is, I need to hang on to this. This is in my notes. This is, this is my precious thing that I need to fine tune and get better. And the online stuff is all like, this is the best I can do this week. (laughs) And then next week, best I can do this week. And I think it's just different parts of the brain, you know? And you know, I know uh, I'm like, buddies with Chris Stefano over here and other comics that have kids. I, I feel like after they have kids, they they become uh, a lot more focused and a lot more professional about the job. Have you found that having a child has has made you think about all this in a very different way? Yeah, I, definitely. Kind of, it's um, just because I don't, I don't have any just 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 because I don't have any any time. It would be the same as if I had a terminal illness. <laughs> I would just be like, I don't have time. I don't have time for like maybe will we figure out if we're doing something or not. It's like, no, are we doing something? You know, who's the producer? You know, is, is are we going to do it or are we not going to? You know, how can we action? What's the next actionable task we can take on this spitballing of ideas? Um, and just kind of, I also just can't. I can't, I can't just go to work and have a wank anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like I have, like, this is, you know, (laughs) I, I, I have to use the time that I have in, in the best possible way. Have you leaned in on the the kid stuff? I, I, I just in the stuff that I've seen, I haven't seen a lot. I I didn't know you had a kid, for example. 
Yeah, well, I kind of kept it off um, social media just because, I don't know, I kind of wanted, you know, I I... I I, I talk about him a, a lot on my podcast, but you know, without going into too you know too much too much detail. But I no, I haven't really kind of lent in on the kind of. I do find dad jokes more funny, and I do find like podcasts about parenting more relatable and funny than I yeah. did. Um, and I'm not making. I'm a bit softer. I'm a bit softer. Um, but no, not necessarily. <laughs> so, the, um, do you find that the online life is more? stressful for your mental health actually let me preface this by saying that sure i've i've found like just over the years as social media has become more and more important that my anxiety around my job has increased exponentially and even even at my most sort of famous slash eyes of the media on me periods it was never as stressful as you know, Twitter becoming more important and just online commentary and the the need to ignore that, but at the same time, the need to engage in social media and the fact that, you know, your mental health and, and the all that stuff collides. Yeah. No, it it is it is definitely a balance. I kind of wish there was just like a one-way Instagram where I could just send and not, you know, and not kind of see, you know. Um and I've I found it like I was talking about this in my podcast recently where or this was not recently, it was probably over a year ago, where, I, where I'd done like a load of gigs. I'd done like three gigs in the Sugar Club and I'd done them like three nights in, in the Sugar Club in Dublin. And I was walking back from the gig and I was just getting the getting the Lewis home. And I looked on Instagram and I saw I saw another comedian who I really, you know, admire, um, young, you know, young, young enough comedian who had just done um just headlined, you know, the the, the comedy seller, um, and you know, done a, done a good gig, and it was like a kind of photo that you take after the gig, and I was all like, "Look at that person gigging now! I'm a piece of shit! I'm a piece of shit!" And I was literally walking home from having done three three gigs on the trot, three like sold out gigs on the trot, and I'm like, "I'm a piece of shit! Why am I gigging right now?" And I <laughs> caught myself. You know, you just have this feeling, and you're like, "I'm going to think." No, that's not. I and not to say that you know, I'm not trying to say that I was doing one one up or uh, just what your your mind can do if you just see anyone else doing something you're not doing right there and then. You know, uh, it can just make you feel feel kind of less than. So I have to just. I even find myself sometimes. I found myself a couple of weeks ago annoyed that I couldn't remember what annoyed me about something I saw on social media, you know, and I was annoyed being like, what was that that pissed me off that I see someone else do something that I see someone having a holiday or something like that. And I was annoyed that I couldn't figure it out. And I just had to, you know, kind of put it away. But I, I don't know if that's, I don't, it's just all about balancing it anyway. You know, um, it, it's not necessarily just going on any kind of social media to, that's why I actually really like TikTok because it's not anyone kind of sh- saying, look at what I have. It's just like, what, bullshit nonsense what junk food can i just show you for like 15 30 seconds you know and that's my vibe totally yeah yeah which is great of course it can be for my sometimes my frustration is why the fuck do people love this but that's yeah. just i think i just showing my age half the time yeah. you know but like i don't begrudge you know I, I don't begrudge anybody other than like four good looking 18 year old rip dudes like dancing in front of the camera and becoming hugely famous i struggle with that yeah, no, I struggle with that. Yeah, I struggle with them. They're like showing their like sexy silhouettes. You know, there's a real trend to like of lads like pulling off balaclavas, being like, "What would you do if I came in your window?" Some and like, I'm like arrogance. I fuck, I'm fucking shoot you, bro. I'm fucking shoot you, bro. <laughs> like, that's not cool. I'd like to think that you know, in my mind, I go, you know, that wasn't around when I was 18. If I was 18, I would have been on camera showing off my body. But I remember being yeah. 18. 
and thinking that I was in the worst shape of my life and having deep self-hatred and I never would have had the confidence. Now, when I look Good. back at pictures when I was 18, I was like, holy shit, I was ripped. But in my yeah. mind, I, in my mind, I was in terrible shape. Yeah, me too. Like I look back at pictures and I have like, I have like a V and I never, I'm not an, like an athlete. I've never done anything like that. I've never been active, but like I just had a natural V just from walking around being 16 year old with metabolism, it's natural <laughs> V. And I'm like, oh, don't look at me, you know, like fringe down emo hat, you know. I know, and but I'm where like, does this fucking confidence come from with these guys? I don't know. I think it's. I think it's because they don't drink, they don't drink as much. I think the fear just does not encroach in the same in the same way. You know, it's uh, it's just yeah. I think it's just a bit a bit of lack in the fear. Yeah, I think also probably like they they they've they've been aware of. I, I'm sure it has deeper psychological consequences that mm. we don't know behind the scenes. But I guess when you're just in front of the camera the whole time, you've just you've become confident. Obviously, they put a ton more effort into their bodies than I ever did too, you know? Totally. And, and also, they're, they're so much more familiar with, I mean, even MySpace and the whole MySpace angle, you know, of like up here where yeah. everything looks skinny was like a revelation back in, what, 2006 or whatever. But now it's like, they, and, they, and it literally is like, I'll become a persona just for this TikTok or this video and then I'll do it a hundred times and then like, this is what, what they'll be saying. Like, and then they release it. So they've, they've perfected how to make it look like this is my life all the time. This is the angle. This is the beach, this side of the beach that looks good. The other side of the beach looks like trash. Like they know all of what goes through that lens. And how old, how old are you? I'm 33. Oh yeah, 33. So you're, you're a millennial, right? You're not? Yes. Yeah. Proud, proud millennial. Yeah. Cause you, I, but I think you have a lot of Gen Z following. Um, yeah, I think I do. Um, well, I feel like, I, I, feel like the, the, I feel like they relate to you. There's, yeah. Well, I think I, I think a lot of because a lot of it just is a lot of my things are just junk food and they're short and I have a short attention span as well. You know, like if someone shows me a video and they're like, "Look, it's eight minutes. Watch to the end," and I'm like, "Get that fucking boomer shit out of my face." You know what I mean? <laughs> like. I think people. I'm very it. anti. I, I I've actually been getting good. I've been getting good mileage since we came back because we we've been gigging. I'm I'm already back gigging a month. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and uh, I'm getting good mileage out of uh, uh, being angry at the boomers for the fact that I'm being accused of being one. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm very anti the fact that boomer has it, it. You know, basically encompasses late millennials all the way through to people at their fucking funeral today. Yeah, happy no, it really that. has. It's kind of anyone. It's a, okay, boomer, and that's even the most boomer. I mean, thing it's kind of it's kind of past now, anyway. It is, but what I'm loving now, I'm loving the Gen Z years, just laying into millennials, being like, you know, why do you think we give a shit about what what Hogwarts house you're from? Like, they hate Harry Potter, <laughs> you know. They, they hate, hate Lord side the side partings. They hate side partings. Tight jeans, tight jeans, you know. And I and I love it. Like, you know, they, there was a great one. I was like, why do millennials always talk about smoking weed by saying, "Do you partake"? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they, we do. I don't know why we do. <laughs> but I and do just, feel I uh well well the joke of course is I say I'm a Gen X, which is like like there's just no hate generated at the at the the Gen X really. We're kind of forgotten generation. But on a on a I guess on a a, a, a side note or a funny note, I, I I can't remember I do remember obviously there was some some Gen X hate for millennials for sure there was a bit of like millennial dismissal that is a fact undeniable mm -hmm. but I don't remember any hate going up like there is from Gen Zs at millennials No I don't think so I think it's just cuz I think just millen millennials are just I mean you can imagine like Gen Gen Zers weren't like out 
tasting the world with tweets. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like they kind of just kind of kept to themselves, you know, had a had a bit of an attitude and, you know, would kind of, you know, take down like, you know, be critical of, you know, government and, you know, be a bit more kind of an activist. But yeah, no, very like, you weren't pasting you weren't pasting social media with with, you know, Gen X kind of ideals. Millenn- Gen Z is probably just sick of seeing you know, laughing face emojis, you know, which they hate, apparently. Oh, they, is that another, is that another oh, object of their ire? Apparently it's the most cringe. It's all, it has to be like skulls or coffins are related with death because it's like, oh, I'm dead. I'm, la- I'm laughing so much I died, you know. Oh, is that, um, is that their thing? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a skull. So if you're, instead of like, if it's a really funny video, it might be like three skulls or three coffins or, or, or that sort of thing. Oh, like so, I'm so, dying? Yeah, like I'm dying, dying laughing. Wow. Because I find that they even like they get offended by my punctuation and stuff. <laughs> like, like, well, I, I'm engaged. I'm engaged to millennial, but she's always she's complain. She complains to me that like I use periods too much or full stops too much. Yeah, yeah. I I was a bad man. For, like when I have my Nokia thirty three ten, and you know you had like one hundred and sixty characters per thirty cent text back in the day. Like yeah. I wouldn't. I refused to do that kind of like short text speech yeah. so i was just had these so i would just rinse and through cash but i was also quite you know quite a stickler for the punctuation yeah i i write real sentences i i i find that people people even joanne mcnally complains to me that like <laughs> my texts are very like matter of fact or whatever and i'm just like i'm just like answering the question i'm not yeah like i like i feel like it's offensive now to not put in at least one emoji of some description or yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like emojis and emails. You know, I don't like, you know, I kind of want just the, I want the, I want the business, you know, I want the kind of, <laughs> I don't know, because from working in sales, you know, where it was kind of like beaten out of us to be like, you can't have any kind of, all of my Irishness was kind of like, sorry, but do you mind if you would ever consider, if you would ever bu- consider buying something, you know, it was just like, get to the point. Oh, you know so, so I mean? they, they wipe that out of you because I'm still they, like that. Yeah, they kicked the shit out of me for that sort of stuff. Like, you need to get that, <laughs> get that Irishness out. Um, but like so, I, I. But I also think, just in general, like emails don't have to be. F- emails are not flowery. Like we have the flowery stuff. We have, you know, we have comments under Instagram posts. We have WhatsApps. You know, emails can just be more to the point. You know, yeah, you should see it in the subject I feel like, line. I feel like I missed out on all this etiquette because, you know, I got in stand up nineteen ninety seven. I was still in college. You know, I was still in my third year in UCC, and. I had never sent an email. That's my claim to fame. I never sent an email in college. My first oh, wow. email was was after 1998. Wow. The, the first, so I, I never sent an email in college, and I never typed a report. Every everything I handed in was handwritten until my dissertation for history, which was it had to be typed. And, wow, was that and, excruciating? Figuring all that out? Uh, I can't even remember how I typed. I I can't even remember. I think I may have dictated it to my mother. <laughs> She was wow. a she was a professional typist. Oh, well, <laughs> she, was, no coming, she was trained in the yeah. you know AS. She 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 had yeah. the official. So I yeah yeah you know yeah, she, could, head she could really she could really hammer it out. Wow. Uh, so I think I, I dictated it. But anyway, I, I I digress. But I got into comedy, and then like I had an agent, and I've just like very rarely have I had to worry about the etiquette of emails and what's considered proper or not. So I feel like actually, other than the fact that I like to be grammatically correct on my texts, I feel like I'm not really that prepared for like the corporate world. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, I, I, like I've, I've had emails from people like, I've, I've, I've gotten bad news about like, you know, gigs being pulled or like someone going with a different actor for an audition, you know, and had like kind of <laughs> smiley face emojis. And I'm like, don't like, look, don't. 
give me that oh, shit right now. Give me that fucking shit. But the, but the <laughs> casting agent loves you. Yeah. It's like, I don't need and love. I need a fucking job. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And look, get to the point. You know, I can take it, you know. and Well, thank I don't God need- you're not in the States. I mean, the States is really bad with that shit. You know, the fucking, yeah. the, the fake praise and like, oh, they love you. And then you never hear from them again. Yeah. I, like, I, I went to, we went to... Uh, if part of actually our sale, our sales incentive was we went to this, went to Vegas as a sales incentive from London to Vegas, and we had thirty six hours in Vegas. It was the week, just the weekend, and we had to be back. So by the time we arrived, it was four o'clock, like our time, and then whatever, like you know, just start in Vegas on like eleven or something like that uh, a.m. So like we hadn't slept, and we started a whole day. We saw David Guetta twice, which was part of the incentive. This is the sort of <laughs> this is the sort of it was startup like a, like, I was like a pool for. party thing. Yeah, we went to like two David Guetta pool party, which I have to admit, I'll be honest, you don't get David Guetta until you're in a pool listening to David Guetta. I have to admit. <laughs> with, with a bunch of fucking, sa- with, with your sales team. Yeah, with my big buff sales team. I'm there wearing a t-shirt <laughs> in the pool, you know, at the pool party. But um, I couldn't like, I obviously expected the tipping thing. But what I didn't expect was uh, I ordered like a Caesar salad and the cheapest Caesar salad. The cheapest thing was a Caesar salad for like $46 at the hotel, at the hotel right. pool. And then I got the Caesar salad and I walked over and, the, the, you know, the, the lady, the waitress was, was very nice and was all like, hi, sir, you can come back here and collect it. So I came back and I paid my $46 exactly to collect it from where it was at the kitchen. I had to walk over to the kitchen to get it. And then I handed it back and she goes, and it just dropped. As soon as as soon as she saw that there was no tip, she was like, sir, if you're actually not going to give a tip, can you just draw a line through this box where it says tip? And she was so cross with me. And I was kind of like, but you only just, the only thing we did, what have you, you done tell for me? me that it was here. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm over here, you know, I would have given you a tip, but it's, you. all you did was say, excuse me, it's over here. You know, uh, and but like it was so pleasant up until the up until that point, you know. So the, the classic European clash of culture there, Ooh. the tip. But that is a great that is a great discussion. Is like why? Because in the states, it's still expected that you would tip in that situation, and it's like what what like what are you doing for me that I'm I'm that I'm yeah. tipping this? I mean, I, I I suppose I do. I suppose I now kind of understand more of the kind of. I understand the fact that they get taxed, you know, be taxed on the tips. I learned that from Reservoir Dogs, where Steve Buscemi's talking about how wages tips get taxed and he hates tipping. So I, I understand that, and I understand it's not a lot of money, and a lot of times it's minimum wage. Um, but I tell you what, I love it in Japan, where there's there's like no no tip. In fact, they'll chase you down the street to give you back your tip. Yeah, because um, it's like they're losing face. Yeah, exactly. But similarly, I was in like a Uniqlo there in Japan. Uh, sorry, I know I'm all over the place, but that's we were totally in, fine. I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. Um, but I was in a Uniqlo in Japan and they were just like very nicely being like, just to let you know, it's 7.55 and we close at eight. And they were like, you know, and they were like, you know, everyone like they were singing, they had all these group songs to kind of keep morale and everyone was so pleasant and folding things immaculately. And my wife was still in the changing room at 8.01 and they went over to the changing room like, do, 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 again. Right? Like, because <laughs> it's we- like, we're cool to a point, but if you break the rules, they're like, I cannot understand your feeble European brain. <laughs> to understand the basic, these are the rules. Yeah, the and disrespect, but that's a disrespect. You're not respecting. It is a disrespect. Yeah, they're totally. showing you respect. Why are you not re- reciprocating this respect? Yeah, it's and they unacceptable. Don't, they, and they don't get. We went to. We also went to this like robot cafe, and we like rocked up late, and like. I just had to plead with the guy. He was like, no, you can't go in. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get a refund. No, <laughs> no, like it's gone. You didn't come. And he couldn't understand why I might think that I can go to like a later show or they'll pay for a later show. Um, 
And then I just, and then I was just drunk and begged, please, we have to see these robots, please. It's our last day in Japan, and he, and he eventually let me. You got, you got married pretty young, no? Um, yeah, well, 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 well three, three years ago, about oh, three so years 30, ago. I guess these days. I mean, I'm 45. I'm not married yet, so I'm not a good gauge on, on yeah. what's, uh, what, what, what's a normal time to get married. But yeah, you looking forward to it? You looking forward to the wedding? Oh. You know, honestly, I it's a good th- it's a good question. Thank you for asking me a question. <laughs> it's it's not something I've discussed publicly that much, but actually, it's a fine thing to discuss. That's fine. Well, I can well I can preface it by saying that I I had a great time at my wedding. I was looking forward to my wedding, but I realized that the wedding is not about you, <laughs> not about you at all, and it's not even about her or him. It's 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 really just kind of like for all. You know, just this is the thing that we did. This is just the saving face. The families are meeting, you know. Yeah, it's. I, I have mixed feelings about it. So I was very into getting engaged. We, we met. Yeah. We met. We fell in love very quickly, and we had a very intense. You know, she moved in in, in October. Met in July. Moved in in October, and just like a, 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 a sense of divinity about our pairing. You know. Yeah. So I was very into all that, and then I was very into just getting engaged. Like fuck it, in for a penny, in for a pound, go for it. I wasn't really getting engaged thinking about getting married. <laughs> I like, totally know what you mean. You, do you know what I totally I mean? know what you mean. So because I remember when I when I proposed, I just uh, when I proposed, I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And then all of a sudden, it's this private, intimate, perfect moment when you pr- when you propose, and then all of a sudden, it balloons out, and you're like, "We have to tell everyone, like, oh shit, what? This was like I kind of just wanted this to be our thing for a while." Yes, exactly, exactly, oh. and yeah. uh, you know, uh, like. I, the minute the proposal was over, she, like we started talking about weddings, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I just wasn't, I wasn't thinking about the, the wedding part. I am into it. I will say that because both my parents are gone, it's kind of strange in that, mm. you know, there's there's a lot of wedding prep, but it's definitely more exciting for her. I mean, I think it's more exciting for the woman anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm 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 not a Debbie Downer about the wedding, but I would happily go to Las Vegas tomorrow, get married, and be really happy. Like I want to be married to her. Having a wedding is not like my top priority. In saying that, I am looking forward to the wedding. But it it, it is it's just kind of you know it's weird where like the main sort of family that you'd be thinking about aren't around. So you're mm-hmm. like you're talking to your like your aunts about it and stuff like yeah. that. It's almost like rent a family to try to have a sense. Of yeah, exactly. This big wedding a lot of pressure couple. on your brother as well. <laughs> yeah, my two. Brothers, you know, well, luckily he's another he's another late one that yeah. uh, you know is not in the marriage game. But yeah, no, I, I am I am very excited. Originally, we were going to go super quick and go for this summer, but that that plan fell through. So we're going for May twenty twenty two. So that that's kind of that's kind of nice. How do you think about this? We're 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 gonna get um uh, we're, we're gonna get married on Friday the thirteenth. Oh, nice. Are you superstitious? Oh. I mean, is, is that not you just being like, look? Tell me, tell me it can't happen. We're going to do it. We're going to prove everyone wrong. This is forever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we, it's, it's literally just down to the practicality of the, of the day, the, you know, like the cheapest, the cheapest. Well, yeah, that's what, I, I've been accused of that already. <laughs> that I, 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 the few people I've told are like, why did you get a deal on that? It's like, no, yeah. actually it just turns out to be like of the available dates. This is the, yeah. this is the most practical date for us. And are you going to fly in your honeymoon on nine 11 as well? <laughs> 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 just doing it all by the cheapest day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I, 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 we had a discussion about it, like because it becomes a conversation, then right, it becomes like a thing. But it was kind of unanimous amongst everybody that's in our decision circle 
that none of us really cared. And actually, like, there's something kind of fun about the fact that it's like a, a unique date. But maybe in actual you fact, include, maybe just, you can include some other, like, maybe you can walk down the aisle under some ladders and then, <laughs> like, smash a glass wrapped in, like, hey! <laughs> smash, a, smash a mirror. Maybe a black cat. We won't have a flower girl, we'll have a black cat. Just walk, yeah, up, yeah. The, walk up the aisle. Yeah, it's what else step. is What else is unlucky? Um, Fucking not having a mask. <laughs> yeah, not having a mask. Or you could do it the other way. You could have a load of birds shit on you when you get down there, balance it out for some good yes, luck. for some you good could, luck. Yeah. Yeah, you we'll break like, a mirror. We'll break a mirror. We'll have the priest in front of him. Like, the priest will be revealed when we smash the mirror. Well, not, not, yeah. we're, not, we're not having a priest, but the, the celebrant. A celebrant. I'm a celebrant. I've, I've, I've done a couple of weddings. Really? Like, yeah, I've done like three, three of my friends' weddings. I love it. It's great. It's great having someone. It's, it's, I don't know if you're, you have someone that you know personally, but it's great. Yeah, they it's, have it's some. We have, a guy, we have a guy. That's, we got a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best. He's um, a judge. Um, but no, he's a friend of their family. No, it's good to get someone that you kind of know because it's a nice role to um, to integrate what your friend – because, like, it's all very for your family a lot of the time. And I think, you know, you kind of want to hear what your friends – you want more input from your friends. So that's what I do. I always go, go to, like, friends of the couple and try and integrate kind of well wishes from friends and family so – friends it, is, specifically into the, uh, the thing. As a celebrant, is it is it on you to come up with the stuff or, like, you – they give you stuff? Yeah, no, on me. Like, so what I do is I, I, well, I just, the mad thing is I just had to take like the only thing I knew, which is like a Catholic wedding and then just kind of like chop and change. So instead of, you know, uh, a, a reading from whatever, it's like, you know, it was like Nick Cave lyrics. If it was a, a song, it was um, just a friend maybe playing the guitar rather than having a hymn. But it was kind of like beat for beat the whole. Oh, you, you, follow, you followed the formula? The follow the formula and then just kind of chopped and changed. And then, you know. You got the friend bit, you got the family bit, you know, close it all off. What song do you want to dance down? You know, and then it's, but it's and great. Are, I love, are I love most of the of people, it. are most of the people when you're officiating, is it always at the venue? Um, yeah, yeah. So it's at the venue. Now, in I'm, Ireland, I'm, it has to be, right? In Ireland, it has to be in a specific spot, right? It can't just be like we're getting married on the beach. Well, you see, so what I've what I've kind of been is not like the legal celebrant, like they go ah, to right, they right. go to the office and they do all that and they sign all the bits, but then they have the ceremony. This I've been part of like the ceremony, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but did you do the you course? Are you like fun. an official celebrant? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Isn't no, well, I I was I think my subscription uh, the one that, uh, the online one the Church of like New Humanism or something has expired. Like my little card that I have. Oh right. So I've just also been kind of the ceremonial one. But it's great because you can set a mood and you can set a mood that's kind of like because we're so used to in Ireland being like, can I clap now? You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the kind of so all the weddings have kind of been like, yeah, the fuck you, you know. <laughs> and it's been great. Like people just shouting from the back. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, our our, our celebrant is uh, is a is a judge in real life, uh, so he, I would I would assume he'll he'll be somewhat uh, like officious. Is that the word? You know. I, yeah. But but he is like an Irish American guy, and he's got a good sense of humor. That's great. But I'm bringing the gavel. Did, so, what did you do for yours? For my wedding, we we had um, this lovely kind of. Uh, kind of country house and we did it in like a it was in december and we did it in like a barn um and it was like on the like winter solstice so we're like we hung a load of like a weird like kind of wiccan <laughs> wiccan looking ribbons and stuff like that not that either of us are are, are wiccans or, or pagans <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah no so but it was fun it was like in a barn we had a friend of ours he'd written a wrote a poem um and yeah it was cool it was just like in this kind of barn and everyone had like uh, mince pies and kind of mulled wine and into the house, load of cans, and oh, yeah, you didn't just, go for like a banquet or anything. Um, no, we did. Yeah, no, we did, and and that was and that was nice. And to tell you the key is having right. So two things: having a dance floor small enough that it can be filled. We found that's key oh, for the that's band. A ve- now that is a very that's real practical advice. Yeah, yeah. So that you want it, you want it, even if there's eight people on, you want to feel like that's kind of packed. So then when there's thirty people in, you're like, oh my god, like this is like play, it's 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 rocking. Yeah, and we had a really good band. Um, we had a really good band called The Mixtape. Um, and they played, like, the last song they played was Everlong by Foo Fighters. And everyone was like, ah, you know. Go and on. it was just, so it was like, like 35, 40 people in, um, well, it's probably more, probably like 70 people on, on the dance floor. And another thing is don't have the bar in another room. My brother-in-law taught me that. Don't have the bar in another room because otherwise people will congregate at the bar. They need to congregate in the room where the dance floor and the band are. Right, right. Now, American Wins are a little different in that, like, the the dancing and the eating is not separate so like there's kind of like dancing in between courses and stuff generally yeah. at, at an american wedding but uh, and it but, finishes at a at a at a polite enough hour yeah it's very polite now we yeah. i mean we're in a not not a super fancy venue but the venue is like a nice venue but we're not going super fancy on a food we're going for kind of like a barbecue vibe because it's on the beach yeah but, but we're going for like barbecue but the small dance floor is, is a huge that's a huge bit of advice. It's good. And, you know, you can treat it like an Edinburgh show. You can, like, cordon off the seats that people can't sit in, you know. <laughs> I'll be like, no, no, no. It, yeah, it is sold out, but just move in here. <laughs> but, I, but it does feel like that a little bit. Like, both, both you know, because Hannah's in this game also. We both feel that it takes away a little bit from the prep in that, like, feels a bit like work. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, no, it there's, there's there's elements of it that are that are similar to what we do. Yeah, no, there is. I mean, there's there's the there's a performative element. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. The expectation is that your speech that is going to oh, like you know the fucking gonna be the speech, funniest shit they've ever heard. The speech pressure is huge, but I've already nailed like two eulogies, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about this. Will be now, yeah. Okay, I got go. a round yeah. of applause in the fucking church with my dead mom in a coffin. I mean, I'm fucking. I, I if I can't nail my if I can't nail my uh, yeah. Do you know what's fucked up? Both my like. People filmed both of our eulogies 
on their phones and sent them to me. That's like modern oh, fucking wow. funerals. Like, yeah, check it out. I was like, I was like watching. I was like, oh, I didn't really nail that. <laughs> I didn't really nail that bit. But but there is a lot of pressure on this. Now, there's not as many speeches here in Ireland. The speeches are a much bigger thing. Yeah, and we and we had more where we, you know. Yeah, the women do speeches as well. So it was even, you know, which it should be, you know, but we had like. Yeah, I know the uh, way you said. <laughs> well, <laughs> well corrected. Well corrected there. It's like, oh, you know, we got to deal with the, you know, the women. They, 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 they get, they're allowed they to do it. You know, and, uh, <laughs> you're betting how long it's going to know. Uh, so, you see, uh, so we, you know, the men, you know, I gave a speech. I had two best men as well, my brother and my cousin. My dad gave a speech, father of the bride. Uh, you know, maid of honor, my wife. So it was quite a lot, you know, yeah. but we kept them tight. My wife said, look, five, five minutes max. Yeah. You know? When I was a best friend for my buddy's wedding in Ireland, um, actually he was another one that couldn't decide like who was his best man. So all three in the wedding party, we split best man duties. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. So I was like emceeing the, the, the party. And then his brother gave yeah. the best man speech and his other best friend did the rings, you know, handed the ring. You know what I mean? So we like, we split yeah. the best man stuff. But in, I was hosting the like intro and then I said, listen, the fucking speeches in Ireland, they go on forever. It's too long. I said, why don't we split them up? And I don't know why people don't do that more. So the father of the bride gave a speech literally before dinner, welcomed everybody, gave his speech. Yeah, then yeah, yeah. after the appetizer, uh, the I think it was the best man after dinner, the, the maid of honor. Uh, whatever, you know, what I can't remember how we did it, but we split it up throughout the night and it was way better. Cause I don't like yeah. this thing where people start betting on the, betting on the, the amount of time the speeches, you know? Yeah, they That's, do. Or they do a kind of like pass the hat where it's every time the word thanks or like thanks to people. And then you pass it on to the next. And I really, you know, thank you very much to the brides and then moves to the next person. And whoever. Oh, right. That's another. Yeah. See, I think all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I like the speeches, but you don't want to be like on the six speed. You know, it's like it's like a gala. You know, it's like a TV gala. Yeah. You know, it's like fuck them on last, man. They, yeah, they, yeah. You know, they were great early on, but the crowd they've gotten they've gotten tired. No, you know, they are. But don't I don't know. I find like they're more receptive the later and drunker, of course, that they that they get. You want to put someone, you know, the most the most confident, I suppose, first. And maybe the least confident last because you not necessarily have to close it, but you just have to be like, they'll already be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you cry? Uh, oh, I wept. I like, and I was like, and not even in a kind of like, no, hang on a second. I was like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> oh, really? squeaking. I squeak cried. Yeah. And also I was like reading off my phone because I didn't print it off. So like. Like people, people told me later on, they were like, "You look like you were just Dawson. You look like you look like you were just like bored in the middle of your." I was like, checking your text. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like I'm not wasting paper, you know. So I was like reading my speech and like, like, why, did, why did that only get 700 likes, man? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be a good day. Because I, I, I always find like you, you've been a celebrant a couple of times, but like I, I, I always find like I don't want to be that guy that like I don't want to be the guy that the person who works in the wedding industry knows the exact moment I'm going to cry. Like yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody kind of cries at at the same spot, and I I know I'm going to be that guy. I know I'm going to hit that mark. Yeah, but I hate the fact that that's the case. It's normally just the big things are just normally as a kind of like a a very a very just hearing a very lovely kind of thoughtful thing from someone who doesn't normally say those things. That's that's the thing that'll bring the house down. Like you know, like maybe the father of the bride who just has never really sh- said I'm like I'm so, I'm so proud so proud of you, you know, and you're like. <laughs> <that's> the- <laughs> That's what I get. <laughs> he never says that normally. You know? what, did, what made you cry from the speeches a, a, about you? Um, I think it was, um, 
I don't know. It was, well, I just cried. I cried when I saw my wife walking down and there was like we had a oh. song that we really liked and that was, you know, our song and that and that kind of got me going. Um, I think it was just the, the, the talks of like wanting to be with me, <laughs> just like wanting to be wanting to be with me forever. And that kind of element of it, you know, being like, oh, you really like chose really like chose me. Those are the sort of things that got me. That's that got nice, me though, isn't it? I mean, it's nice. It's nice. It's fun to be cynical about it, as we've been a little bit sometimes in this yeah. conversation. But it's also nice to to mark the, you know, how momentous it is and how emotional it is. It is. And it's so rare to have to share that with people like. I feel like people normally only get that kind of like honest and raw with each other when it's like, you know, four o'clock in the morning in some random guy's kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> compare, like, but this is a much nicer way of like, you know, literally and, you know, everyone just gets to see it and know it. And, you know, what I found is great is just having like having parents say, oh, like relate back to like a friend of yours. And then they know them from the wedding, you know, or something like that, or family members kind of knowing someone they don't know. And just seeing, you know, when you see like when you were a kid and you saw like your, your, you know, your, uh, your parents chatting to like your mate's parents and you're like, oh, that's cool. That's badass. You know, like similarly, like seeing friends who don't know each other chat. You're like, oh, this is cool. That's like a, you know. Yeah. It's nice to see people connect and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it is. Yeah. It is like a wedding is like, you know, definitely. A, a place where that goes down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all, that's, that's all ahead for me. <laughs> yeah. No, it'd be great. It'd be great. And are you doing anything for uh, a honeymoon or is that just a We haven't talked right about now? that. It's weird. Cause like, yeah, we haven't discussed that yet. Yeah. Great. I always wanted to, you know, in my mind, I wanted my honeymoon to be like a three month fucking like travel around South America, completely disappear thing. Yeah, I kind of that was always like more appealing to me than like going to the Maldives or something and just like having that kind of romantic chill out thing. So I don't know. We'll it's because we're getting married in May. It's kind of like I'm not you know we're, we're we probably won't be dying to go away for too long. You know, yeah, in 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 the summer. But we'll you know we'll see. She's never been to Ireland. Who knows? I'm not, I'm not going to go to Ireland for my fucking honeymoon. But uh, <laughs> yeah, don't that. We're thinking Sicily maybe. We're thinking because you know half her family originally come from Sicily. We'll see. Oh yeah, great chat. Yeah, we well we kind of like focused on the honeymoon first, and like we spent like the budget on the honeymoon, and then it was kind of like recouping expenses. Like we even rushed into the wedding because we wanted to go on a honeymoon on like the twenty seventh of December because just holiday days we could take. So we got, you know, I proposed I think in like May or June, and then we got married in December because it was just like let's get this done now. And so like, oh yeah, because we I nearly went that quick, and then yeah, th- yeah. our plan fell through. It's a long story, mm. but. Yeah, we nearly we we nearly went that quick. Yeah, no, we haven't thought about the honeymoon at all. Actually, yeah. maybe I'm fuck I'm fucking up, man. No, I'm no, doing it wrong. No, things are going to be opening up. You won't want to go anywhere, you know. Well, it's already open more or less there, right? Yeah, we're get we're getting there now. So just before you go, so you you, you are completely you don't work in a, another job anymore, right? No, no, I um I I was working in sales and then and then and then left and. You know, they kind of got, I got offered like a nice kind of redundancy for that because I was oh, moving nice. over. So it was it was kind of a thing where like it was a redundancy that I could like live for three months or thereabouts on. And then I was like, right, I'm just going to that's a that's a blanket now that I have or, you know, a cushion to then focus on the comedy full time. And I did. And it's yeah, that's been the last four, five years. Yeah. Oh, right. Years. Five. Yeah. No, because that's why I was when you were talking about the the honeymoon there and you said the the dates work with holidays and stuff. That's what I was thinking. Were you Were you still like. Were you still on the schedule then? 
No, no, still, you know. But it's kind of weird. Like, I get emails sometimes being like, I have a great bank holiday. But like, I'm not fucking, I'm not having a holiday. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm having a fucking anxiety the, attack. Fucking bank holidays are such a nuisance for me. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like you had one the other day, right? In Ireland. So yeah, not a yeah, bank holiday did, yeah. here. And I was fucking trying to get some shit done. I was like, yeah. it's a bank holiday. I'm like, oh, bollocks. <laughs> I, I didn't realize it. I've been on a fucking holiday for 13 and a half months. Can we get some fucking work done here? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, but I, yeah. I, I am aware that some people have, main, have have still been living a Monday to Friday schedule, totally, whether they yeah. be parents or jobs. So I don't like to be completely dismissive of it. But. Yeah. Anyway, man, listen, thanks. That's great. You know, I, I, I kind of, I, I, I didn't say beforehand, but, you know, I, I, I was hoping that we would just you know, find shit to talk about. So that was ideal, right? You know, because I, I I don't actually know that much about your life. So, but I didn't sure. want to lean in on that because I just feel like, and I'm glad, I feel like you're the type of guy that will just try to find the humor and stuff. So I was- No, it was a good I, job, man. I, I was, was happy to, I was happy to in, 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 indulge in that. I don't always do that, but, and thank God we did, especially on the wedding stuff. I think we found some gold there. <laughs> yeah, that no, was great, man. That no, was really good for And Thanks so much for getting in touch with me, bro. So, um- Hit, hit me up with the tell tell my my Gen X fans that may not know about you. T- tell them where to find you. If you kind of want to access some kind of old millennial, kind of on the cusp of you, of you guys, uh, go at Tony Horror uh, on Instagram. Oh, that's right, that's Tony Horror. All, yeah, Tony Horror on all on all the social. And I have a podcast called Tony Cantwell's Hit Show, uh, and that comes out every Tuesday. And I have a Patreon where there's a bonus podcast uh, for the you know price of a pint, and you can get two helpings of me. Uh, what is it? Patreon.com forward slash what? Tony Horror? Um, if you just look up Tony Cantwell on, on Patreon, you'll you'll find me. Classic. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. Cheers, man. Let, I, I, I would have preferred to meet you in real life and get to know you without putting you to work, but it's been nice to get to know you on the no, pod. No, it's cool. Well, look, if you're back and you're doing any of the festivals, you know, let me know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Thanks so much, man. Cool. Cheers, Dad. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. So thanks, guys. Thanks, Tony. Um, do spread the word about the pod. I'm very excited because I've ordered some chicken parm, which is being delivered by Tonino's here in West Hampton. Uh, it's a night off. I've been gigging most nights. It's part of how I ended up uh, missing last week's episode. I'm doing a lot of stand-up. So this is my night off, and uh, I'm waiting for the chicken parm. And then I think I'm going to watch Judas and the Black Messiah. So I hope you guys are doing something nice wherever you are. And um, we'll be back next week. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm due a chat with Steve waiting to get a hold of Steve he's under pressure end of year exams and uh, Aiden's back home so we might try to get him on the pod one of these days soon um, so have a good weekend and we'll be back next week thank you so much even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.